It's time for Sounding Off with Phil Goff. Morena. Mayor Phil Goff, how are you this morning? Rachel, I'm very good, thank you. Early morning start with a whole number of interviews this morning. So, uh, um, But anyway, it's uh, been, been really interesting with the release of the Transport Emissions Reduction yes. uh, plan. Let, so, let's yeah. start there. We are also going to talk about the St James Theatre and a few other things going on in Tamaki Makoto. But that, that's been a big uh, announcement in the last day. What What's the basic, I guess... Uh, crux of this that that people need to know how's it going to affect their lives this big change yeah well look the the guts of it i think is well known to you and probably a lot of listeners at bfm um we we are facing a a climate disaster and you know the floods that are about to occur again on the west coast the droughts that we've had in auckland the hottest year on record uh the heat wave heat stroke deaths wildfires drought in Europe, um, you know, the, the, the evidence is just so overwhelming mm-hmm. that you, you barely need to argue the case. But having said that, um, we went to Paris um, a few years back and along with, um, you know, 190 other countries, we agreed to targets to try to keep uh, climate change within the 1.5. And now we've worked back from, well, that's our target. To achieve this target, uh, with time running out, we've still got a window of opportunity, but it's closing rapidly. Mm-hmm. What do we need to do? And what we need to do is huge. And the area where it's going to have most impact in Auckland has to be transport because yep. that's 43% of our emissions. So, you know, we, we've really got to look at um, getting mode change, more people in public transport, more mm-hmm. people walking and cycling, um, you know, more cars converted to electric. And the targets are really ambitious and they're going to be really tough to achieve. But those are the targets that we have to achieve if we are to fulfil our obligations and if we're going to avoid turning uh, the future that we bequeath to our kids uh, yes. uh, into a disaster. So what does the transport emissions reduction pathway actually look like in a, in a sort of practical sense going forward from here? Because we've, we've sort of talked about this before in a kind of goals-based way, but what does this yep. actual, uh, I guess, change in the legislation mean? What are we going to see happen in Tamaki Makoto? Yeah, well, it, it, uh, this is our policy, so it, it's not government legislation, but obviously we'll be working closely with government because they have to be a predominant funder in uh, in, in what in our battle against uh, global heating. So what we've got is it's an 11-point pathway. We, you know, we, we declared the climate emergency. Yep, good. Everybody did that unanimously, but relatively easy to do. We worked through a climate action plan. We've probably got the most detailed climate action plan of any council in New Zealand. We worked through a climate action target rate so we can start to raise some of the funds that we need to implement that and now now this is the next step it, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's called a pathway it sets out 11 steps yeah. and this will guide council Auckland and Auckland transport as we put together the Auckland transport alignment plan which is a project which is what we negotiate with government um, every every three years it runs uh, on a 10-year cycle but we renegotiate it every 10 years and then that works on the regional land transport plan so so what we say here has to be taken into account by council and Auckland Transport officers. And fortunately, we're in alignment with uh, with government because, uh, you know, Michael Wood has said, you know, uh, reduction in emissions has to be yeah. the primary factor in our new plan. So what is it? You know, it starts with one supercharging, walking, and cycling. We've mm-hmm. got to we've got to we've got to treble that. We've got to massively increase public transport patronage. We were at about 103 before COVID. That's 103 million passengers. 
passenger trips a year. That's got to go up to about 550. Um, we've got to electrify a third of our fleet, just under a third of our fleet. Um, we've got to make uh, new transport devices, um, you know, able to be used, and that'll be e-bikes and, and scooters. We've got to um, look at um, safe, low traffic neighbourhoods. We've got to build up, not out, because the design of the city. Yeah. Why have we got the transport problem? Because we said we can sprawl out for for tens of kilometres and we can build new yeah. motorways. That's yesterday's world. You can't do that. We've got to work with the government on, you know, even the carbon fuel cars becoming uh, lower emission and more efficient. We've got to have efficient freight and services. And then most of all, we've got to carry people with us so this because is, uh, yeah, this we is don't a get huge... public cooperation. I was going to yeah. say, this is a huge pathway that you've basically laid out here. And it is going to, um, I mean, involve a lot of buy-in from the public. We've talked about, I think, individually, a lot of these facets with you on, on this show before. I, I want to come to the public transport one because that's been quite, I guess, a... Uh, a, a hot button topic of recent times with um, the half price fares we've seen from the government and also uh, just I guess the difficulty with getting people into public transport in the middle of a pandemic when people are not necessarily wanting to share that airspace. So let's focus on that one this morning. What, what are some of the things we're going to see with public transport encouraging people into public transport and increasing public transport in Tamaki Makoto? Yeah, well, the first thing we've got to go beyond COVID because COVID did hammer us. You know, we went from 103 million passenger trips a year to, uh, well, almost, uh, you know, a handful during COVID. And even now we're, we've only recovered to about 62, 63 million passenger trips a year. And that's been exacerbated because, you know, we've then got bus drivers who have been suffering from COVID, suffering from flu, and that's impacted on the reliability. So where do we go? Look, the, the best possible example is um, of... If if you make public transport convenient, affordable yeah. uh, uh, and, and fast is the Northern Busway. 2013, 800,000 passenger trips a year. 2019, 8 million passenger trips a year. Yeah. That's a tenfold increase um, in, in six years. So what that demonstrates to me and I hope the public is that where we get those busways so that when you hop on a bus you're not stuck in the same congestion as everybody else, yeah. then people will opt for it. So we've got the Northern Busway and its extensions, we've got the Eastern Busway being you know, the first stage completed and the next stage uh, about to start. We've got the City Rail Link which will be in place by, by 2025. We've got Light Rail. All of those things are going to revolutionise public transport. We're working now on improving bus driver wages so mm -hmm. we can deal with uh, shortages so they got an 8% rise that we announced last week. There'll be another rise before Christmas. We need to have the drivers there and available to create that reliability in bus services. We've got $600 million more going into buses um, with the, the, the climate action targeted rate. So you can see that what we're doing, yes. but what we need to do is do more and go faster. And yeah. the public are telling us that. Yeah. Well, I was right up to the point maybe until you know they find they've got to change their lifestyle. But... I think people are increasingly ready for this. They know what's happening. Yeah. They know it's going to cost a whole lot more if we do nothing. We've got to act, and that means changing the way that we look at well, life. This is a very, very big piece of change uh, for Tamaki Makoto, and we will come back to it and talk about some more facets in uh, future weeks, but I want to talk about the St James Theatre because we're seeing some really, uh, I guess, urgent calls for action on what was the 93-year-old the theatre, which has been mothballed, has had a break-in in the last month, which has caused some significant damage. We're now seeing serious water damage and structural damage to the St James uh, 
Uh, the council has promised to, to match the government on about $15 million. The government's not yet come to the party on this one. What are you hoping we see from the St James Theatre? This is a really important uh, building for our, our arts community. It is. It's a it's a Category 1 heritage building and it's beautiful on the inside and it's got, as you say, 93 years of history there and we, we really want to preserve that building and actually we haven't made our 15 million conditional on the government. We voted for that actually probably uh, six years ago and everything was set and ready to go and then the developer partner it was going to be significantly funded by a developer building um, apartments on top of the theatre. So you preserve the theatre and 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 its interior and its facade, um, but you then use the airspace above it. Yeah. What's happened with this break break-in has been a, a, an absolute bloody disaster, and I'm I'm hugely angry about it. I mean. The, these rat bags that went in, they, they stole the lead off the roof, the guttering, they've flooded it. Um, I, I, you know, I've seen pictures of the damage. It's immense. And the, the real question is now uh, whether it's recoverable from that damage. But um, what we're looking for, and um, I think the, the local MP, Chloe Swilbrick, mm-hmm. is, is pushing for another $15 million out of the government that would make this viable again. I think it still is dependent on having a developer partner to build above the airspace. I, I hope like hell that that would happen. It will be really, really hard for the council to put more money into this. You know, we're, we're, we're you know, with the revenue problems that we've had and and the huge priorities we've got, including climate change. But but we were upfront and said, okay, that's a significant contribution. It's a big sum of money, um, but you guys have got to find the rest. And so you know, all power to the trust that are, that own the building uh, that desperately want to see it um, restored and preserved. And I hope I, I hope that that can happen. But Is this, the council... this was a body blow with the, the damage to- done to it. Totally. And we are seeing a lot of pressure applied by Chloe Swarbrick, as you mentioned, for Central Auckland MP there. But is the council in conversation with central government over this? Because it's it's a long conversation, this, this uh, I guess, issue here. But we're seeing real urgency needed right now. Is there some sort of crisis talk going on? What's happening with that communication channel? Yeah, I, I've had discussions with the Prime Minister about it and, you know, she's got to set priorities for her own government. I know, because I think I first visited the St James uh, with uh, Jacinda long before she she became uh, either leader of the opposition or Prime Minister, and I know, you know, um, that, that she wants to see um, a heritage building of that nature preserved. Uh, and now the question is, um, you know, uh, will... Would the money from the government, if it's forthcoming, be sufficient to enable that to happen? Uh, and where does that stack up in the, the long list of priorities that she will have, uh, you know, f- facing the government? But I, but I hope it's possible, and, and I know that she is one that believes in uh, in preserving heritage and, and, and wants to see that character preserved. Mm, OK, well, we will come back to this conversation. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Mayor Phil Goff. Always great to have you on the show. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Looking forward to it, and we've probably got about another seven shows, and I know. Uh, then it's uh, Sayonara. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, it's, it's coming around to the end pretty soon. Thanks for your time, Phil. We'll talk <laughs> next week. Okay, kaki te, That was sounding off with Phil Goff. Thank